Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey there, College Info Geekers. This is Gorlock, Eater of Dreams. And I'm here to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm using that. I'm using that as the intro okay. to this episode. So, you're welcome. And I'm saying that to everyone listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? You know what I forgot to do? I forgot to flip the camera screen out to you make sure. Fool. It's fine. It's the end of the year. It's like a behind the scenes. Gorlock does not approve. Gorlock is going to have to come to terms with living in a world where <laughs> not everything goes his way. We live in a society. Exactly. We live in a society. <laughs> well... Another year's on the books, right? Something like Whatever that. those books are. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about it. So, welcome back to your favorite podcast that's uh, the best resource on the internet for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for getting Gorlock Eater of Dreams out of your head. Every you, single night when you close you your eyes, you see his ephemeral form. That's not your choice to make. That's actually not the right adjective, because ephemeral would mean he would go away. Non-ephemeral. Never ending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to officially declare 2019 a terrible year because I accidentally stepped on an extension cord block with a bare, my bare foot, and that's kind of like stepping on a Lego, and also we're out of sparkling water. Tip, just bad year. I mean, it's probably worse than stepping on a Lego. When you step on a Lego, you're reminded of Lego, which is fun. Lego you is fun. You stepped on a cord. Like, well, where's the joy? When's the last time I actually played with Legos? been way too long now i just go to work and i don't know try to make a living i hate that <laughs> i try to make a dying anyway yeah so we're gonna do a uh we're gonna do a year in review episode yeah as soon as because i found my notes we, yep, found we do that mm, i don't know if we do it every year but we did it last year every year for the last two years every year for the last two years plus possibly I did a 2014 more, year I don't in know. review on the blog yeah. And I remember calling it my best year yet. So is this year even better than that year? That's, I don't know. Oh, that's a hard thing to do. Comparing years. <clears throat> this year, I would say this year <clears throat> held more contrast than any other year in the past. Like it had both really good and really bad? Yeah. I would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Parts of this year were parts of the best year ever, but parts of this year were parts of the worst year ever. Yep. It's what 2019. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I wanna I wanna talk about what happened. I wanna talk about some things that we learned. Uh and so my friend CGP Gray and Mike Hurley do a podcast called Cortex, which is ostensibly about productivity. I think it's more about apps and complaining about Apple half the time. But they do an episode every year called The State of the Apps, where they talk about the apps that they're using. And um people pointed me to that episode this year because apparently they mentioned me when they were talking about Notion. And that gave me an idea. 
I think it would be fun and also a good warm-up to start this episode out with our own little mini state of the apps. Okay. We just kind of talk about like, what apps are we using for our daily productivity, for planning? What's on your phone, if anything? Probably nothing for Notes you. for this episode. Ooh, there's actually something on your phone. Man. Yeah. So for people listening to this, if you like this section of the podcast, then you may want to go listen to the Cortex podcast as well, where they spend a full two hours talking about the apps they're using. It's quite the amount of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, well, let me just ask you a question to start. What's on your home screen? If anything. <laughs> nothing, Calls, messaging, nothing. and FaceTime. Did Particular... you put FaceTime there because you use it or because it's green and it looks nice? Um, I sometimes use it when I don't feel like going upstairs to ask Ashley a question. Okay. <laughs> and also because now I can make myself a talking owl. So that's more amusing than going upstairs. Oh, an emoji? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I just call her. I become an owl, make some stupid faces, and then I don't have to walk up the stairs like some sort of chump. That's, that's fair. That's what the future but I is about. Actually, I only use it to I only use it to like check if she needs something. I've used it at the store to be like, is this what you were talking about? Okay. So it's not frequent, but it looks nice. And there, FaceTime is not going to distract me. So. Are there any iPhone apps you find yourself using quite often that you feel are useful to your life? Like that outside of calling? Outside of, outside yeah, outside of the of like blatantly calls, useful ones? Text. Yeah. Let's see. What do I use? Um, and so you have a totally blank home screen and then everything is what? Buried in folders on the second page? Yeah. If you go to the second page, I have a folder called apps. Okay. Um, I mean, I like Apple Wallet. That's pretty dope. Um, I use the regular old iCloud Notes just because it's really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Instagram app that I use <laughs> to post things. I have a lot of apps that would seem cool, but I rarely need to use them. Mm. So like um, the Photographer's Ephemeris is a really cool app because it helps you plan out photos outside it'll show you the angle the sun or the moon are coming from at different times in different places it's really cool for planning what was that word uh the photographer's ephemeris ephemeris okay it's a really fancy used a sort Um, of similar word already in this podcast oh yeah you did that's weird weird that that came up Mm. i have anki on here but i that's like i do most of my language stuff on my ipad yeah i was gonna ask are you actively using anki still yes right now merely because i downloaded a deck of the textbook for ah, okay. to textbook vocabulary just because it's really obnoxious to me when i know a bunch of vocabulary but i'm like i didn't realize the one i needed for this lesson and now i feel dumb is that for uh, japanese yeah gotcha yeah um yeah i don't i have the delta app i used it to buy a plane ticket oh that and this cool. year you flew oh yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a brand new thing yeah so that was pretty cool so that's all of my I just kind of opened my phone to post to Instagram. Mm-hmm. The Music Memos app. I use that a lot. Mm. I am constantly recording tiny snippets of piano. Yeah. Or like me humming something because I'm not near a piano. I would like to talk about the Music Memos app because it is on my homepage, but I think I need to take it off my homepage. Do you hate it? I kind of... It could easily be better, I I'll tell you that. I kind of don't like it. So... This year was like the biggest music year for me ever. And I have recorded so many song ideas and little guitar riffs and stuff. And I was using music memos for a bit. And I really like how it tries to pull out chord progressions and stuff like that. But it's kind of a buggy mess. 
Oh yeah. There will be times where it's I'll, not great. I'll open it and I'll try to click into a song I recorded and it just is like preparing or it says yeah, something. It's like downloading it, it or doing some weird it'll stuff. It'll never open. Or, uh, it used to be better, I feel. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had the time to like switch to something else, so I'll just leave it. I have Todoist. That's that's the one that oh, I actually use. Wait, you put Todoist is music ideas and Todoist? No, that's the other app that I use. Oh, the that's other app. It. Okay. Um so I've been on a journey for music stuff. Music memos was one stop, and then I went to Evernote because Evernote can do voice recordings. Yeah, and it works fine, and I can make Evernote like a widget on iOS, so I can easily swipe over, hit new note, and it'll open. Uh, but I have two complaints with that. One, it's not as fast as voice memos. Yeah, and That's voice why memos I don't use it. with a. Uh, I, I think this is fairly recent with one of the recent iOS um, versions that came out. You can go into voice memos in the settings, and you can say record losslessly. Oh, so that's it interesting. Actually, sounds pretty good. Like I would, I would never use my iPhone to wow. record music that I was going to put out. But yeah, like I can sing as loud as I want, and it won't clip. It sounds clear. It sounds crisp. Um, my one complaint is if I have AirPods in, it will use those at the microphone, and the microphone on that is not nearly as good as the microphone on the phone. So you just the regular voice memo app, not even music memo. Regular just... voice memos. Yep. Okay, that's uh, pretty cool. That'd be it'd make it easier to pull out tiny notes from chords. Yes, if it was lossless. Because what I found is I will just start singing randomly, and I'll get something in my head, and I'm like, oh, I need to record that immediately, and I don't want any friction. Yeah. And the music in the voice memos app is just the best for that. Uh, and the other thing is I've noticed that Evernote's the playback of your voice recordings on the Windows app is really buggy and doesn't work half the time. And then I noticed in their beta web version, they have removed it. So when, like, if, if I do a voice recording. an improvement? Yeah. If I do a voice recording and then I try to play it in the beta web uh, editor, it will just invite me to download the file. And I talked to Evernote about this and they were like, well, that beta web version is what's eventually going to make it its way to the desktop apps. But we'll put your vote in about the voice Why take thing. away a feature? I originally loved Evernote for music recording because exactly. you put lyrics right in there. Mm-hmm. So, huh. and I, I love Evernote, but that development is making me consider more thoroughly the possibility of moving completely to Notion. Mm. Now, there are still certain things I love doing in Evernote, and I don't like the idea of doing them in Notion. Like, when I'm traveling, I will copy the contents of uh, like flight confirmations and rental car confirmations, and I'll just toss them in a traveling notebook. Yeah. And I, the thing about Notion is it doesn't really copy the formatting of things very well. Then again, Evernote doesn't always do it either, but Notion will just be like, "Oh yeah, this is a multi-nested uh, bullet list." Now it's not. Mm. Like my one complaint with Notion right now is I will sometimes write like a big, you know, multi-level bullet list in Evernote and I want to put it into Notion so people can access it. It's so and it hard. just, it won't, I have to, here's the weird thing though. If I paste it into Google Docs, then recopy it and paste it into Notion, it will respect the multi-level bullet listing. So it's just something between Evernote and Notion. Yeah, I have the same problem with like iCloud <sighs> Notes and ByWord and then you throw that into Evernote. Everything's like, mm-hmm. I have no idea which ones are going to copy and paste correctly. Yeah. But I do got to say, um, as somebody who is becoming more and more of a musician, Evernote is doing less and less for me these days. The other thing I love about Notion is it has the, to- uh, the toggle blocks. I'm not sure if you've seen them, but it's like a little thing where you can just like hit an arrow that'll open up yeah, yeah. Any, any amount of text you want, and then you can close it. So I made a template 
for songwriting where it has like verse, it's a toggle block and I can open it up, write the verse, close it back up. Oh, that's cool. So I can just have like the whole structure of the song in like one area that I can view and then I can put toggle blocks within blocks. So yeah, it's kind of becoming more of a thing. Uh, anyway, music memos, that's going to come off of my homepage. One thing though that is on my homepage now is an app called Audio Bridge and that is voice memos, but it's multi-track. So if I get like a lyric idea in my head, I can sing it into that, into Audio Bridge and then I can lay down another track and do like, I can like beatbox a chord progression or I can do like a harmony or something. Hmm. And that's allowed me to get more complex ideas out of my head. And then you can just export it out of Audio Bridge and send it straight to voice memos. Oh. And then what I need to do is come up with some into kind of process for that. getting things out of voice memos that's into cool. like a more permanent place. Because I've been burned a couple of times where I've accidentally, like I've tried to scrub the player control on voice memos and then I've accidentally swiped it and it deletes the voice memo. And I realized recently you can back them up to iCloud, but I still want them in a better place where I can also like write down lyric ideas and stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to try to find out if I can do like some kind of efficient process to Notion with them. That would certainly be useful, mm -hmm. especially because like my, my memos for all the music is nonsensically disorganized. Yeah. There's no way I would ever actually, I just got to listen through 200 notes mm -hmm. to find the one I was looking for. I do. Uh, I have become more disciplined about naming them though. Because it used to just be like new recording ninety, all of mine new recording say that. ninety. Yeah, that's what it was for a long time. And then I was like, "Well, I did this giant project, um, and I had probably like fifty different voice memos for this one project, and I didn't name any of them. So I'm just like looking through them, trying to find the one. So now I'm like, all right, no, I need to be disciplined and give it some kind of descriptive name because I will not remember if it's just new recording eighty one, like two weeks from now when I come back to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, honestly, my home screen really hasn't changed much. It's just the, the bottom row is all music stuff. There's a tuning app, audio bridge, voice memos. Um, I have Disney plus on my phone now because I guess I got a free subscription for being on Verizon. That's fun. I mean, I liked it. That's cool. I haven't I'm really not, I wouldn't done watch anything, anything on it. my phone. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It just it automatically downloaded if itself. I was really going to watch something reason. portably. Like, why wouldn't I use my iPad? Yeah, why would I? I don't know why I exactly. used my phone. I think it just downloaded itself because I got the text on my phone that I could sign oh, did up. did it do it by just, itself? I signed up and, oh, I don't know, maybe I downloaded it. I haven't used it on my phone. Hmm. It's just sitting there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically it. Any big changes in other apps you use this year? Or is it still the same stack for you? I don't think I've been invested enough in my, my app world to really change a lot. I'm just uh, sort of using what I use. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Mm. I can't think of anything that I've significantly changed this year. Same. That's basically... Still Todoist. Still um, Google Calendar. Still, still pretty much the same stack, except for an even bigger investment in Notion. And so one thing I want to talk about during this episode, uh, because we have become even more cohesive as a team, Notion is becoming even more and more useful. Yeah, that's like, true. I don't know if you guys saw it, but the other day I built out like a LLC information yeah. document that you and Ransom can look at. Um, I've been building out like a whole video workflow tutorial with documentation for every stage of the process. Yesterday I made like a whole filming checklist. So if, if you and Tony ever for some reason like film A-roll, 
I don't know if you will, but there's a whole checklist on there. It's like, check the frames per second, check the shutter speed, check lighting, check all these things. Cause I've been burned in the past. Yeah. When I don't check these things. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's kind of apps. Um, what are some of the best things that happened this year for you? Just, just like all of them. I don't know. What's the first thing that sticks out to you? The first thing was what I did on January 1st, which was uh, take a plane for the first time. That's right. That was January 1st. I forgot about that. Yeah, because oh, yeah, you... my goal was to take a plane this year and deal with my fear of flying. So I just didn't, did it on the first because talk go about hard that? or go home. In the last one, like the last year review you did, that you were going to do that? Yeah. Yeah, and you did it. I did do it. So how did that go? It was like 20 minutes in the air. It was really dumb. Because I know you were you were really anxious about it before you did it. I was super anxious about it. My biggest fear was that I would have a panic attack, not that I would die in the in the plane. Given yeah. that I have OCD and a history of panic attacks, that was actually a really realistic fear. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm going to be trapped in this thing in the sky, unable to escape it, and I don't like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was like 20, 30 minutes in the air, which was really dumb because I thought I was I was so scared of it that I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to make it more comfortable. So I paid for first class <laughs> to to go like 20, 30 minutes south. <laughs> Hey man, to Colorado overcome, Springs. If you're going to overcome a huge it was, fear, it was well. absurd. Uh, but, so, what, yeah, what was the experience like? Like, were you still super anxious when you were getting on the plane? Yes. And then, um, well, I had read this book that I don't remember the title of. It's on my Goodreads somewhere about how, like, planes work. I really like to understand exactly what's going on with everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be, I don't want to have stuff like, glossed over i really want to understand the physics of why this is working same thing bothers me when it comes to like anesthesia because yeah. like that's barely understood anyway but with planes i had to read a book on how it worked and then i was terrified going in there i felt like i was just walking towards my doom and then in order to deal with takeoff i had decided to download and play left hand free a song that is played in one of the marvel movies i think when spider-man shows up initially but it that song had such a like movie vibe to me Mm -hmm. that i felt like i was just in a movie when it was taking off like it helped it helped me make the moment more dramatic Mm. in a way that didn't feel horrifying um once it got off the ground i actually loved it and thought it was really cool really so like no anxiety once you were in the air well, I mean, at that point, the the problem is I can handle real situations that scare me. It's the small situations that I fear first that are, that are, the dread is really the biggest thing. Yeah. Once I was up there, I was just like, this is really cool and I've never seen this before and I'm in the sky. Mm-hmm. And also there's really no point in being scared now because I can't do anything about it. I kind of just need to em- embrace it Yeah. for the next little bit. And I was like taking photos out the window with my good camera just because mm-hmm. I had never seen it before. So Were I you on the side that could see the mountains? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I could see mountains. It was really cool. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't really regret getting first class that one time because it super guaranteed I was sitting like alone next to a window. Yeah. And you it know, wouldn't have been fun. They like gave me a nice, they gave me a nice tea, mm-hmm. you know, just because I was the first person to get asked. So I was like, sure, why not? Um and with that short of a flight, I mean, it couldn't have been that much more expensive. No, it just feels dumb. First class is... It the, wasn't the a, price jump really happens when you're flying internationally. It that wasn't the crazy. worst thing in the world. It was just a little ridiculous. But I think it did help. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm still a little apprehensive of getting on planes. 
but I do it now. I've been on maybe five or six flights since then. We all flew to Seattle. Yeah, and I did that in January, too. you did that twice this year, right? Yeah. Well, part of the reason I wanted to get over it so fast was also that I was like, well, I want to go to this. I want to go to PodCon, which was in Seattle in January. Yeah. And if I didn't solve my fear of flying soon, I was going to have to skip Seattle while Ashley went up there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but I love Seattle. And I'm on a podcast. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. I kind of have to go. So that worked out. Did you get any fans? Oh, no. It turns out that um, I'm a very low-key person and <laughs> kind of just did my own thing most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I sat in a couple of panels, but like way in the back, and like it was for podcasts that are really not a lot of entertainment-based mm-hmm. podcasts were the ones that I stuck around yeah. or like wherever John Green happened to be speaking. So not a lot of overlap in the productivity universe, so I got to avoid any sort of that thing. I kind of just hung out. Hmm. It was cool. Nice. Yeah, I, one thing that I found out about VidCon, and I would imagine PodCon is sort of similar, is that uh, our audience doesn't tend to go. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot Maybe more a for the few, um, like the McElroys, like an entertainment yep. podcast, and um, some of those people. But our space was not very represented. Yeah, as far as I could tell. And there, and there, there was a cool people, linguistics but... person there. That was really oh, that's interesting. Cool. But. Yeah. I kind of just wanted to be alone anyway. I was just there for Seattle for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to Seattle for the first time this year. That place is dope. I love it. I don't know if I could deal with the grayness during the winter, but the summer's there. I come from Iowa. It's like the same color. It's just colder. Maybe. It is much colder. That's true. I do like how I can basically guarantee that I'm going to see the sun every day here. Yeah, it's definitely different Kinda here, like that. but we're already used to the gray. We just <laughs> we just don't, don't live know, in it. We don't live in it currently. I might I might have gotten unused to it since moving here. Well, that's maybe. Uh, this year was interesting for me. I think the thing when I really reflect on everything, uh, this year started out with me being burned out. Yeah, and really that came to a head. I think in maybe April or May. But even I remember trying to get to the end of last year, we were just rushing and I was already burned out, but I wasn't, I wasn't admitting to myself that I was. And then I went into 2019 thinking, all right, I have a fresh start now. It's going to be fine. And of course it wasn't basically like followed the exact same patterns. Didn't really change anything. And I did a whole video about burnout, but part of what helped me get through it was you talking about it with me. Also Anna talking about it with me. And there were, there were a couple big kind of uh, moments that helped me to start working through it. The first of which being something Anna said, which was uh, every time you talk about your work, it's cynical right now. And I don't like that. And I had been compartmentalizing it like, oh, I just don't like editing, but the writing's fine. But then I'd also complain about the writing and I'd also complain about the filming. And I got to a point where it's like, oh, is there a part that you do like right now? Mm. And I've been like deluding myself like, oh, it's, it's whatever part I'm not doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> which compare that to now, where like greener. half the time I still don't want to write, but the other half time I'm like stoked about what I'm writing. When we're filming, I'm like, this is fun. Even when we're editing, I'm like, this is dope because we made some changes. The other one was uh, just having this big conversation with you. And I think it was a day that we had planned a podcast and we didn't end up podcasting at all because we ended up talking for like two or three hours about this. 
and finally breaking out my big spreadsheet where I put like the monthly average numbers for each income source and all of our expenses. And I just changed the number of videos I was doing from like four. I think I went down to one in the model at first. And it was like, all right, if you go down to one, you're in the hole. And then we put it to two. And I had this realization that if we were doing two videos a month, we would be breaking even. Yeah. Everyone would still be making the exact same amount of money they were. And we'd be fine. Like we wouldn't be saving a bunch of money that we could use for like a rainy day or anything. But I've kind of done that. And you know, like I've tried to make sure we we've already done that and I realized, oh, we could we could cut down. So me sticking with this schedule was one, I think just a matter of pride and denial. And two, just not sitting down and getting a realistic picture of what it would mean to cut back. And because I wasn't doing that, I had just kind of told myself, if I cut back, if I stop, then everything will come crumbling down and all these people on my team are gonna yeah. be completely on the street and it's going to be horrible. And like my mind would just build this terrible picture of what would happen if I stopped doing what I was doing. And it was, it was kind of crazy. So I had a talk with um, Dave at standard who is kind of my like agent. And he was like, yeah, man, creators come first. We will find a way to move spots around and, and make the schedule a little bit less uh, demanding. And the interesting thing was, and I think you were there to witness this, Basically, overnight, once I knew the schedule was going to become lighter in the future, I started getting ideas again. And I think I had like come to you with a bunch of new ideas for ways we could make money. Whereas before, I was so stuck in this mindset that I have to keep doing what I'm doing that I was like incapable of having new ideas. Yeah. For like ways we could expand the business. And my and if like a new idea came to the the table, I'd be kind of cynical about it. Like, oh, well, that's not gonna scale up fast enough. I still have to keep doing this and therefore I don't have time. And it was crazy. Like it, the funny thing was he moved things around, but he wasn't able to move anything around for June. And I think I talked to them, talked to him at like the end oh, yeah, of May. Yeah. So it was like, all right, June, you still have to do the same amount of work. Yeah, it didn't change immediately, but you did. But just the knowledge that I was no longer going to be on the same hamster wheel that was burning me out forever kind of made me curious about things I could do again and more willing to accept new ideas and more willing to take on new projects. Yeah. Well, you didn't, you just didn't have any leftover energy. You were basically on mm -hmm. a treadmill at high speed, exhausted and dying, but refusing to turn down the speed for three seconds. And it's yeah. just like, of course you can't do anything else. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Brilliant, which is an amazing learning library for anybody who wants to improve their mastery in the areas of math, science, or computer science. So if you want to learn any of those subjects, you should definitely check out Brilliant because they have a library of more than 60 in-depth courses that cover everything from the basics of math, they have number theory, geometry, algebra, all those kinds of things, all the way up to really, really complex math. There's like calculus, calculus two, derivative equations, or Diffy-Q, is it differential equations? That's what it is. Mm, Derivatives yep. are within yep, calculus. Yep. I haven't done high-level math in a while. No, we're not mathematicians. Turns out you don't need high-level math to make YouTube videos. Though sometimes I do need to do like calculations to convert between different lens formats, like full frame oh, yeah, to yeah. APS-C. Um, but that's, there's no derivatives in that. 
But yeah, if you want to learn derivatives, then Brilliant is an excellent resource for that. They have science courses like gravitational physics, classical mechanics, the basics of how waves and light work, and also computer science courses like a course on how to program in Python and a relatively new course on how search engines work. So if you've ever been curious about how Google is able to crawl through billions and billions of web pages and websites and then serve you the most relevant answers for your search query almost instantly, well, that course is a great place to start learning about how all of that stuff works. And the great thing about Brilliant is rather than just having you sit through passive material, rather than just having you read through walls of text or watch educational videos, both of which are great, but are kind of passive, they throw you into challenges that are really hands-on right away. So sometimes you will be digging through story problems where you have to drag and drop things into the right order. Sometimes you'll be literally writing your own code. And this type of hands-on learning is much more engaging. You're gonna be much more interested as you do it. And it does form a great complement to more traditional educational videos and just you know books that you might read. So if you wanna get started for free today, go over to brilliant.org slash geek and sign up. With their free account, you get access to a feature called daily challenges where every single day you're going to get one new challenge that you can use to expand your horizons maybe learn about a new subject or area of study that you haven't thought about before and also make problem solving a daily habit which will eventually make you a better universal problem solver and that's going to be great for your job prospects in the future and if you're one of the first 200 people to use that link to sign up once again brilliant.org slash college info geek you're going to get 20 percent off that annual premium subscription as always big thanks to brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a huge supporter of the work that we do on this podcast and uh, at college info geek as a whole and another big thanks has to go out to our second sponsor this week hover if you do not have a domain name for yourself already you should get one and you should get it at hover they are the best place on the internet to get a domain name. And well, why would you want a domain name? Well, perhaps you're applying for a job at a web development place that doesn't tend to take brand new grads because they're not as experienced as they should be. Maybe you want to make a website that shows exactly how experienced you are, why you're a great fit for that job and why you really, really want to work at that company. Well, you could do what you did and literally make a love letter website for that company that helps you get a job. Or you could just make a personal website that helps to establish your brand on the internet, helps you to show off your portfolio, helps you to connect with potential colleagues or clients or people who might wanna hire you in the future. All of it starts with having a domain name. Mine is thomasjfrank.com or you could also go to thomas.lol because there are lots of new extensions out there. And one of the best things about Hover is they have more than 400 extensions to choose from. So you're gonna have your classic .coms, .mes, .nets, but also things like dot lol and dot limo dot ninja lots of fun stuff and the other great thing about hover is that they are a very no frills service there's no pop-ups there's no extra upsells when you're going through the domain buying process you can get a domain bought in less than 30 seconds if you want to which i have done before plus once you have your domain then they have some extra features you might want to use including their email service where you can create a very professional looking email for yourself such as thomas at collegeinfogeek.com a little bit more professional than your gmails or your Yahoo's MSNs. I'm not don't, using those don't these be days. using a Yahoo account to apply for a job. <laughs> and they also have a service called Connect where you can easily connect your domain name up to website builders like Squarespace or even Shopify if you're like an artist and you want to sell your art prints on the internet. So 
If you want to get 10% off your first purchase and lock down your domain name before somebody else goes out there and gets it before you, because that is pretty important, then go over to hover.com slash CIG. Once again, hover.com slash CIG, it's H-O-V-E-R.com slash CIG to get 10% off your first purchase and to support this show. Big thanks as always goes out to Hover for sponsoring this episode and supporting our show. And let's get back into it. Um, and you know, I, I haven't talked about this publicly but I kind of do want to talk about it. So I think the last half of this year was partly characterized by us really improving the production quality of our videos. Yeah. And it's sort of culminated with uh, you finally becoming a much bigger part of the video team. Because for a long time, it was like you do the website and you do like a lot of other little things, but you, I don't know, I guess I always had in my head that you you don't like YouTube, so you wouldn't really want to be part of the video team. And now you're kind of becoming part of it where you're like being in b-roll and you just helping. didn't know that i didn't know how to eat a banana and that, exactly. that was actually more important than that any is, other skill that is more important yeah so part of my uh i think part of the what caused the burnout was a little bit of a lack of purpose yeah and i say this from an artistic standpoint because i'm very aware of the fact that when we make a video like we're, we're putting a message out into the world that's going to benefit certain people you know, there's, there's people out there that need to hear it. Um, but when you're on the internet, like you're often very kind of divorced from, you know, you're not really talking to those people in yeah. person. Right. Yeah. So a lot of the fulfillment that I get is, um, the artistic fulfillment. And I think I gotten to a point where like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of people in our space that I was like really looking up to. And then I started to kind of branch out in terms of who I was watching, but also uh, I, I want to give credit to like Matt Diavella because he makes videos in our space and he started making stuff at such a high level of quality that I was like, oh my gosh, that's what's possible. Like, I feel like I kind of felt like I'd been resting on my laurels a little bit. And I think sometimes you just need somebody who's kind of in your space doing really, really amazing things to kind of light a fire under your own butt again. Yeah. And I see it, you know, I feel like it's it's kind of happening in, in many different areas. My friend Ali Abdal, uh, my friend uh, Joey from Better Ideas, like they're all making amazing stuff. Sometimes I watch what they make and I'm like, I don't even know if I could do that. That's kind of amazing. But it's not like I get discouraged by it. I just get like this motivation like, well, if they can do that, I can learn to do that too. Whereas for a while, I don't know, I think maybe I just wasn't watching a whole lot of channels that inspired me to be a better filmmaker so i was just like all right well i'll make this video the same way that i've always made it and i've always kind of tried to follow the one percent rule but i wasn't like super inspired to really push things mm. until i finally got out of the burnout and started getting a little bit of inspiration and to be honest a little bit of competitiveness competitiveness is very important to me sometimes <laughs> yeah which actually yeah you've told me that a lot of times too like when you don't feel a little bit of competition you kind of feel listless yeah. Yeah. When I don't embrace some sort of level of ambition, I'm like, I don't reach my potential at all. Mm -hmm. it, but a small amount of ambition can help me reach it. And I don't let the ambition get into any negative spaces. It doesn't get that, that high. You know, I'm not going to become evil. Yeah. But I need a little bit or I become nothing. You know, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not good or evil. I'm just sitting around like, I don't really know. Yeah. Listless is no good. 
I, yeah, I think it's important. I think that you need to be careful not to become too competitive and you need to make sure you're not spending too much of your time comparing yourself to other people. But when I think back to when I started my YouTube channel, I was looking up to certain other channels and kind of pushing myself to meet that standard of quality. At the time, it was like John Tron, Cat Icarus, like a lot of the video gaming channels I was watching. Um, it was Crash Course. Crash Course was a huge bar that I was kind of trying to reach with my own, uh, with my own content. And I wouldn't say that I ever did, but it was really motivating being like, oh my gosh, they're doing that with After Effects. I have to learn how to do that. Yeah. You know, and I think I got to a point where I was like, I was no longer exposing myself to influences and other content where, where I got that feeling. And uh, after the burnout thing was taken care of, after I took a vacation and kind of went to a little bit less of a crowded schedule and started getting some inspiration again, uh, that came back. And it was it was kind of great. Yeah, things definitely, it's, it's almost palpable. Mm -hmm. how different things feel during the latter portion of this year yeah compared to the first several chunks of it i mean january was pretty cool for me but mm -hmm. yeah there was a there was a huge chunk of the middle of the year it was just like we're uh doing something in every aspect of life i'm just like something's going on i'm not particularly excited about most of it mm -hmm. but now you feel like a little bit better like lost yeah Although, yeah, yeah, I had some good reasons to feel lost near the middle of the year, mm -hmm. but it was a, a big portion of the year was just sort of where did my ambition, motivation, uh, where did my desire to do like anything go? Just be yeah. like, I, I mean, I stopped posting photos mm. for most of the year. I had tried to go back to posting daily again at some point early in the year, but then uh, summer came along and then I had to stop again and I just didn't do any photography for like months. Yeah. But now I'm trying to do daily again, and I'm actually excited, and I'm having good ideas, and I spent some time setting up some shots. That I just took another photo last night that took a real setup, mm -hmm. and then I got to take one for Ashley. I took headshots for Ransom. I'm just like I'm, – I'm motivated. I want to be good again. Yeah. I feel like – and I feel like part of that is that I've become inspired by the game dev world, by a bunch oh, of indie, yeah. indie game dev people. If I'm not – either taking in content or communicating with, especially if I can be around them physically and actually get to know them, people that impress me, I just don't care. But when I am around people that impress me, I want to impress them. So it yep. pushes me because I'm like, I'm not going to be like, I don't need to be the best guy in the room, but I'm at least going to have something interesting so that I'm not just like, well, what's he doing here? Mm -hmm. I like, I, like, I need that feeling. I, I want to be not the best guy in the room. Yeah, I don't want to be number one in the room. I just, I want to be like unique and equal to somebody that's somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a weird feeling because when I'm not the best guy in the room, I'm like, I want to be the best guy in the room. Like that competitiveness takes uh, yeah. over. But like from a philosophical standpoint, when I think about what's best for me, I don't want to be. No, well, if I'm ever in a situation where I'm not interacting at all, like earlier this year with, well, earlier this year I was interacting with no one. That was mm -hmm. the problem. Yeah, but if I'm not interacting with people that impress me in some degree, I just become listless. I just mm -hmm. like what are what are my goals for if it's not like one percent to be a show off? I can't yeah. I can't deny it's that's just a part of who I am. I feel <laughs> like I love job interviews. Mm -hmm. You know, I I love all those situations that a lot of people hate where you're really really nervous because I think to me I am nervous. I I mean I I hate the nervousness, but it brings out my best, and so after it happens. Yeah. I'm proud that I did it. I have to have some level of 
nervousness like that. I was kind of uh, need to be challenged. I was happily surprised because I I had asked you to do a guest spot for one of the list items on a video that we like our last video of the year. Oh yeah, yeah. And when we were filming it, I was like, I wonder if he hates this. And then later on, you sent me a text like. Turns out I like filming. Well, I was really nervous at first because I was like, <laughs> I don't really know how to start saying what I want to say. Yeah. I know what I want to say, but what's the first word I say when I'm speaking to no one? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's weird. I didn't script it out or anything. Talking to a camera is very hard because of that. It's just... You're talking yeah. to a lens. But then I was like, that was new. I need new things mm-hmm. to challenge me because if I do the same things for too long, I mean... I won't. I can't impress myself. Nothing makes me nervous once I get good at it to the degree I want. So if I don't keep pushing, yeah, I lose that spark. Mm-hmm. One of the, I think, this is a lesson, but also just like a journey that I had to go through, was part of the burnout was that I felt that my main reason for continuing to do what I was doing was to support the team that I built, but. I had built things in such a way where I was a bottleneck. Yeah. Like you and Tony. That was true. And we Ransom, all knew it. Many people, you, you guys weren't empowered to do a whole lot to really change the direction of the company, right? So it was like you had yeah. duties and you had things you had to do, but you didn't really have the ability to move the needle without butting up against, oh, Tom wants to control that and Tom doesn't have yeah, time so- and Tom is burned out and in denial yeah, about so it's it. like let's not bother tom today i guess i'll do this yeah be- yep. and because of that there was nowhere to be to be nervous because i couldn't push anything that would end up being impressive it was like well i did the thing i was supposed to do yeah but certain activities just don't have as much freedom to be done three times better you know mm-hmm. it's just like yeah i saved the file in the right location <laughs> that's, that's i did it, it really well <laughs> I did it even, I clocked it. Yeah. I, this is like my I, fastest file save ever. I better not ever be timing that to, yeah, that's, <laughs> for my accomplishments. Oh my if you're not saving your file within 30 seconds. Like, that's, that would be no good. But yeah, that's the, that's the thing where like I was a huge bottleneck. But like so simultaneously not letting my team help to make the business a success and then guilting myself into burning myself out continually because I felt that that's what I needed to do. Yeah, which you is, were you were keeping everything on you, which made you more yeah. burned out, which is and, and made it right? harder for everybody else to do anything, keeping you burned out even more. You yeah, know? and it was, it was probably rough for you guys too, because I mean, sure there was enough income, but you f- probably felt like you couldn't do what you wanted to do. Yeah, well, and I got I always got to feel like I'm like extra earning everything that ever good happens in my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one of the big leadership lessons I learned this year is you eventually have to let go. Uh, otherwise, you become the thing you fear. Apparently, I'm you know? opening articles without looking. I don't, <laughs> if, uh, what did I just do? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Your hand has its own brain. My hand wants to... Oh, like I a starfish. I, I clicked a link that was in my system. list. Never mind. Don't starfish have like a brain in each arm or something like that? Or I know octop- octopuses uh, have a, like a... There's like a brain on the inside, and then like each of the arms has its own... like. It's not a brain brain, but it's kind of like an independently thinking nervous system well i don't know apparently it's how it works huh i learned that from a, a certain sci-fi book that's interesting that people can ask me for the recommendation because i don't want to spoil what it's about but yeah um what was i talking about oh yes so i think one of the best things that happened this year was that tony moved here 
Yep. Because, and I want to give a huge shout out to my editor, Tony, because... Uh, Hi, Tony. The amount of drive he has for learning new things and improving his craft is just, it's inspiring, and I'm very glad that he's part of the team. I don't, and I don't think anybody on the team is just like, I want to clock in, do whatever, and then be done, and I don't care about you know the overall vision of the company. But like, Tony just has that drive that makes me want to have the same amount of drive. Yeah. And the fact that he now lives here means he's not just stuck like editing what I send him, and then that's it. And uh, we had a, a part earlier this year where before he had moved, it was kind of another failing on my part because I was burned out and being utterly perfectionistic, I would not get him footage until really close to the deadline or what would happen more often than not is I would procrastinate until so near the deadline that I felt I couldn't even have him edit the video. I remember that. So I would just do it myself several times. And uh, one way that I tried to solve this problem was I was like, all right, I'm just going to give you a retainer every month. So literally I'm like forcing myself to pay up front. That didn't work. And I just <laughs> gave him money for nothing sometimes because of my own stupid perfectionism and procrastination. So uh, eventually he moved here. And now, I mean, it, it took a while, but now it's getting to the point where it's like, he'll show up here. You'll show up here. We'll write videos together. We'll get the A-roll done, and now you and he can just go shoot B-roll without me. Yeah, we're just like getting it all done while you're and recording A-roll sometimes yeah. downstairs. And then, and I think that's what we needed. We needed to like get me out of the entirety of the process so I can't have my stupid perfectionist fingers in the entire process. Yeah, we, ne- we needed stuff that, that could happen concurrently. Otherwise, mm-hmm. how could we have moved any faster? Yeah, so I think that's that's been like one of the most helpful developments this year is... I'm finally learning how to let go of certain things. And I'm learning that over time with good feedback and training and communication, you guys learn how to do things the way that I would either like to have them done or in a way that's actually better than I would do them. Because again, I can't, I can't split my attention all these different ways. Yeah. It's going to be terrible. So, um, and I, I think this is important for anybody out there who is either building a team right now or they're running their own business. And they want to, in the beginning, it is hard to build a team because you know the way you would do it and it literally takes longer to communicate how you would do it than yeah, it would yeah. to just do it yourself. And that's my problem. I learned this lesson the hard way time and time again because instead of making the time to create like enough of a gap that he could go through the video a few different times with feedback, I would wait until the deadline and then I'd be like, oh, I just got to do it myself. And I could have easily just stayed stuck in that position forever, which would have been good for no one. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say the year would have changed a whole lot without, <laughs> really without that. Have. Like that changed the whole trajectory of how everything's going. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think what we're creating now is better than what we've created in the past. Uh, and, and especially in terms of like the technical bits of it, our lighting has gotten better. Our cinematography has gotten better. Sound is getting better. Like everything is getting better. It's kind of awesome. So I'm super stoked about what we're going to do next year. Yeah. Uh, The other big thing that I want to bring up about this year was uh, this is the year I started to take music really seriously. And I think I've talked about this in the podcast before. I don't know if you've felt this way ever, but as somebody who majored in business and who kind of like takes to business i've always had this 
belief that like, oh, I'm not cut out for being an artist. Like there's, there's people who are artistic and I'm like, I'm a business guy. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. Uh, and I've always had this like desire to make music, but I had this self-limiting belief that I wasn't the right type of person for it. And then I think from taking vocal lessons, um, going further, even, even further back, like learning to figure skate, I started to learn that, oh, there's all these things that I always thought I wasn't cut out for. I can actually do them. I just need to put the work in. So this year I started putting more work into music, actually putting some stuff out. And a kind of a big catalyst was uh, Ransom introducing me to an artist named Tosh Sultana, who does something called live looping. And that is where you use what's called a looper pedal to like lay down like a chord progression or a drum beat and we'll just loop it and you can play over it. And that was kind of like the final missing piece to me really taking things seriously because I always just sort of noodle around on the guitar. But now that I know how to use a looper pedal, I can actually create something that sounds like a real composition. Yeah. And that has resulted in me getting much more serious about not only practicing multiple instruments, but learning songwriting, actually putting stuff out. And uh, it's not out yet, but in early 2020, I'll be putting out like a real, real song that's got vocals and production and everything on it. Pretty excited to put that out. And I think Ransom showing me Tosh Sultana was like the kicker for that. Yeah, it's really weird that like little things like that mm-hmm. can change it all. Life-changing YouTube video right there. <coughs> the sneeze. And then you kind of started taking some art seriously this year too, right? I took a lot of art seriously this year. Photography? Oh my gosh. So, <coughs> don't die, Tom. So, um, I told him not to die here. He's dying again. Sorry. Uh, so, I started taking piano lessons for the first oh, right. that was this good year. chunk of this year. I, yeah. I went and took piano lessons, and now I play piano better than I had before I injured my nerves. Mm-hmm. So, now it's like all forward i don't have to regain anything it's all positive momentum now and i'll probably continue lessons next year had to stop during a complicated moving process but i entered photos into uh, an exhibit mm-hmm. and they got accepted so i had oh, photos uh i had a couple of macro insect photos on a wall where or where is that the butterfly exhibit oh that's right yeah yeah they were having a new a new opening area and they wanted to get some photos from colorado for it mm-hmm um, let's see, I published a couple of articles, recently a photography article, I finished a full song on piano, I started experimenting with game dev, messing around with Unity. That's right, and, and you were doing Eco, uh, 8. Eco 8. Yeah, and, um, let's see, I, um, uh, I also started learning pixel art. And now have very recently finished, and by the time this episode goes up, it should be, I should have posted it. I finished an isometric animated piece of pixel art. Mm-hmm. And I started, I didn't know how to do that at all. I feel like I've I've gained very quickly yeah. in how I'm going to be able to push myself going forward. Because there are so many tremendously good pixel artists out there. And I've had to start from basically scratch learning it. So that's really fun. The difference between that piece and like the earlier ones it's kind of huge to me i don't know how much more difficult it was for you to create but like it looks took me a month and a half vastly more complicated and near the end i was putting either two hours or 90 minutes in each night was that for just that one piece yeah oh my gosh uh i had to learn a lot Mm -hmm. and i'm very picky and i kept changing what i wanted in the scene 
and trying out different things and be like, that doesn't work at this resolution. It doesn't look clear, and I, I want it to look clear. Yeah. So, yeah, pixel art, game dev, music, and photography, I'm now taking all seriously. Um, it's kind of amazing how, like, all of the things you do kind of do have, like, a common... They all link, right? I want to make an dev. indie game because yeah. they all link to there. It seems like a natural extension of all of them at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. It was a very, very artistic year for me, which is kind of what's keeping me motivated right now is I want to I wanna work on my art. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to set aside 90 minutes, you know, every, every night or whatever. But when I do it, I feel very good about it. Yeah. And I never regret it. The only thing I regret is when I put it off until too late. <laughs> and then you got to stay up till 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, either that or I got to cancel it and be like, yeah, I've messed around with my sleep schedule too much. Yeah. Better not make this mistake tomorrow. But that's all sorts of art forms this year I'm trying to do. Uh, I will say that, I don't know about you, but for me, this year was not great for sleep schedules. No, my sleep schedule is a disaster right now. Yeah. I'm having a lot of problems waking up early. I never used to. I had, yeah, I, I had like periods where I was really good about it. And then some periods where I really wasn't. And sometimes it was due to burnout and being bad about deadlines. Uh, lately, it's been just like, I've been too inspired by doing art. And I'll be like, I'll just pick up my guitar. I'm like, I'm going to go to bed in five minutes. Oops. It's an hour later. That's exactly how I started the whole problem too. Mm-hmm. I was finishing the the pixel art I did with all of the my favorite Pokemon from each generation and then the starter for the new one. Yeah. As I wanted to put it out the morning the game came out, I didn't want to be working on it that day. I'm supposed to be playing Pokemon that day. Yeah. So I stayed up till like two or three <coughs> finishing Sorry. that piece. And then after that, I was motivated. So I stubbornly finished the rest of my goals anyway, keeping me up till four something. Then I had to wake yep. up early the next day. And since then, I have not been able to wake up early at all. It's taking a long time yeah. to adapt to that. I'm too old to do it, I guess. So that New Year's resolutions video I'm, I'm that we created, the, the third tip about yeah. focusing on health first. Yeah, I have to do that now. That's a big thing or for I me. I can't push forward. And Anna was saying the same thing. Is like she One of the big things for 2020 that she wants to do is get on a good sleep schedule and go to bed on time. So yeah, I'm definitely going to try to help her do that. By doing it myself. Because, yeah, it's... My brain will sacrifice sleep before anything else. Yeah. Which is dumb. And the funny thing is, like, I've made the video about how to do this several years ago. Get a night routine. Turn your computer off well before you're going to go to bed. All these things. Yeah. Just need to do them. And they do work until you convince yourself that you didn't have to. I think that is like the most insidious thing, convincing yourself that you don't have to do that thing. Because I can handle it. You can handle it or yeah, I'm the guy who made the video on it. Clearly, I don't need all these controls and systems in my life. <laughs> no, you do. Yeah. You really do. Um, ooh, one of the thing that was really, really inspiring this year was going and doing a couple of uh, what I'm calling productivity breakdowns where I went and interviewed people about how they get their work done. And I found that it's it's really cool to just go behind the scenes and see how people do things. So I did one with Matt Diavella. And I think that was another really big catalyst for me upgrading things. Because I went to his place and he had two Canon C200s that he used to film our interview. And I was like, oh my gosh, those don't have the 30 minute recording limit. So we can just sit here and talk as long as we want. And it looks amazing. Okay, 
you know what? I'm going to stop being a cheapskate. I'm just going to get a C200. And it just kind of like inspired me to finally upgrade not only the gear, but also to spend time learning how to use it more competently. Yeah. It was just much better. So we did that. And then um, I haven't put this video out yet because we're, we're trying to make it really good because this was a lot more ambitious than the one with Matt. Uh, Tony and I both went up to Vancouver and filmed a whole like a day at the Linus Tech Tip studio. And we have interviews with so many people at the company about their entire process. So I'm super excited to get that video out. But we also just learned a ton being there. Yeah. It was pretty great. Uh, yeah. And I think, I mean, there's other stuff, but those were kind of the big themes of this year. Building up the team, getting inspired to do things. And give me one second. I have to take a little break. My nose is running. You fool. That's cool. There's something in my shoe. Something in your shoe? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's nothing, but I just want to know that it's not a spider. I don't want to hurt him. Oh, okay. They're my friends. I'm just like, I can keep it together. Nope. Okay, it was nothing. My face is going to explode. Okay, it was not a spider. That's good news. And we're back. This is what happens when you're getting over being sick and you still have to record a podcast and you have to go back to Iowa for holidays the next week. Yep. That's what happens. Anyway. Uh, okay. So I'm a little better now. I probably have like five or 10 minutes before I have to blow my nose again. What are your initial goals for 2020? Well, for 2020, obviously I need to sleep better again, mm. but... Like how are wanna, you going to do that? Well, I've started setting a reminder that tells me when what <laughs> okay. I don't notice when it gets too late, so I have a reminder. Yeah, same. That lets me know. And um I want I, w- I really want to focus on my health like getting back to eating better because I had this really long ridiculous moving process mm-hmm. during the summer and early fall that left me with a habit of primarily living off protein drinks and like microwave or frozen food and I just I hate it. Yeah. It feels terrible. So I want to get back into cooking. And I don't know, I basically just want to keep pushing forward on my art. I've got mm. I've got some ideas for pixel art and music. I kind of want to combine them in some way. Yeah. So that I can you know, like share some of the music that I play, maybe figure out how to record well and then somehow involve pixel art. I want to combine all of my stuff. Don't know how. And I want I want to keep posting daily photos including weekends just ah. just because I, f- I felt a lot of drive when I did that. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, f- I felt it last night because I was like, I, ha- I, have- I have enough photos to get me up through. I need one for uh, Christmas Eve. And then after that, I need a couple more <coughs> or else I'm not going to be able to get through like going back to Iowa and back without needing to take photos in there. And I don't want to there. Yeah. And that pressure pushes me. So I start thinking of ideas and I'll like go out and actually spend time taking photos I, I need a little bit of pressure to yeah. force me to think about it. I think the pressure really does help. So big thing for me, getting back to a good sleep schedule. Um, I've been a little bit better about nutrition than I think you have, but I still want to improve that even more. Big thing for Anna and I, we need to cook more dinners instead of just being like, oh, let's just order again. 
Yeah. Because we will just we will just work until the evening. You know, so I think that the time pressure thing is a big thing. Um I'm very excited for the YouTube videos that we're gonna get done this year. And then another big thing is I'm just gonna be taking music a lot more seriously. So I'll be releasing my first track. Hopefully in January, possibly February, we're gonna see what what works best for the release schedule. And then I'm gonna take it from there. Yeah. The year of art. The year of art. Or at least the first year of art. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a pretty good distillation of twenty nineteen. Yeah. As good as it can be. So uh yeah thanks for listening as always thanks for hanging out with us for yet another year it's been six years six full years 13 14 15 16 17 seven full years sorry oh my gosh huh that's well that's a thing that's insane i've been doing this podcast for seven years um oh yeah I guess this is probably the most thematic time to talk about it. That's probably true. Um, in 2020, the College Info Geek podcast is going to end. I think it's going to be like six months into 2020. Yeah. Because we want to hit 300 episodes. But it will it will have to end at some point. You and I can't be 30 on the College Info Geek podcast. I feel like the brand is a little limited to like... yeah. I mean, I like podcasting, mm-hmm. so that you know, that podcasting is really cool. But I feel this particular podcast, the scope of it, has mm-hmm. become somewhat limiting. Yep, we're just we're getting older. Our priorities are shifting a little bit. Like I want to focus a lot more on art. Yeah, uh, I still care about self improvement, but I don't think that it necessarily works under the college banner so much anymore. Because like. When's the last time we did a student focused episode that was like if you're yeah. not if you're not a student this isn't pertinent yeah, to well, you. Yeah, we're we're getting farther and farther and farther and farther away from mm-hmm. you know taking exams ourselves. So And that that's the last one I can think of was the yeah. exam prep checklist. Yeah, I mean it had it had to happen eventually, you know. We couldn't mm-hmm. be 80 doing this. Even if we did more podcasting, at some point it had to change. Yeah. And um I want to do more podcasting. Yeah. I don't yet know what the schedule will be, but I don't know. We so I guess yeah, and I don't like talking too much about my future plans. Yeah, these in are a public just these way, are ideas. They're not, not promises. Like, yeah, I'm not like this is gonna happen. Uh, if you've got better ideas, tell them to me. But yeah, I would I would like to keep podcasting, but my priorities are shifting, and I think they should. Yeah, you know, if I'm just like coasting on doing student focused stuff for the rest of my life, like that doesn't make sense for me because I'm not really in the higher education world. And everything we've done on the YouTube channel this year, and I think everything we've done on this podcast this year is applicable to a wider audience than just students. Yeah. So that is why I quietly dropped all the College Info Geek branding off of my personal channel a while ago. Yeah. It's why recently I have even stopped doing the call to action to the uh, How to Earn Better Grades book at the end of my videos. Oh, yeah. I, instead of doing that, I now point out my music channel. And at some point, if we have something different, I may point that out. And, you know, if we, if we do something that's like, okay, this is kind of for students, because I don't want to say I'll never do a student video again, you know, then it would make sense. And College Info Geek, I do want to make this clear, College Info Geek itself will not end. Like the website. Yeah. The website is still there. 
it's still a big priority. It's still part of our business. Yeah. Articles are still happening. Uh, we're st- yeah, yeah. And, uh, we have like a full-time writer who writes articles or now we're looking at going out and getting like true experts to write articles. Because one thing I don't like about the online content industry is a lot of articles are people who are just writers going out and just looking at other blogs and kind of creating like a remix of of what they find, you know? And they're like a sample artist. We're guilty of that sometimes. And, you know, I think it's fine, but like when you have the opportunity, when you have the funds available, when you have the time, why not do real journalism? You know, like why not go either interview an actual expert to get firsthand sources or hire an actual expert with real expertise to write for you. Yeah. There are certain topics that are just going to be harder, you know, like Mm -hmm. medical school topics. Like I can't, yeah, nothing I put together from Googling that is going to be as useful as somebody who's like really isn't medical school. Yeah. So our friend Shirag, he's been writing some articles about getting into grad school and medical school. Nobody on the CIG team has gone to grad school or med school or law school. So I think it makes so much more sense to hire somebody we trust, who we know who has a lot of experience to write those articles. Um, so we have Ransom, who is really, really great, basically managing CIG. And then we're kind of branching out from there and uh, doing the YouTube channel, doing the podcast, and we'll be doing whatever whatever form podcasting takes for us. Yeah. But we're going to 300 because... It's a good number. Because this is Sparta, I guess. Something like something. that. <laughs> well, it feels weird to do a podcast for a billion years and then be like, 294. We're yeah, out. We're out. Doesn't feel right. Dropping the mics. You know, it's clearly just arm. a psychological thing, like January first. Yep. But still, I'm a psychological being. So, yes. And so it, I still it would, like it. It would be cool to be like, yeah, we did 300 episodes. Yeah. Heck yeah. So we're gonna do 300 episodes. I believe we have them. Um, most of them are. I think we haven't planned out. Yeah, most of them are planned out. So, so we've got the topics. Yeah. So yeah, you'll have at least like six more months to hang out with us in this particular podcast form, and then we're gonna decide what to do. Yeah. going forward. I want to do some kind of podcast. I just don't know how often it's going to be. And I think we will use the first six months of 2019 to sort of gauge that. Yeah. Because there's art stuff to do. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I, I don't want it to take away too much from other stuff, but podcasting is cool. Yeah. yeah I think we you, can definitely you, do it. If any of y'all have any really, really cool ideas that aren't obvious. Yeah, give us ideas. I mean, the one idea I mean, we have right now yeah. that we can just say is a, a book podcast. Yeah. But like if it's that, a book podcast, a it's going to be like once a month at the most. Yeah, because we got to read a book. I don't read quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd very, very likely and and it would also like surely branch us. out from, from like just productivity books, you know, because I don't oh. want to keep reading the same exact. I want to read it, weird new books. It wouldn't even start with a productivity book. Yeah. And not, this is another thing. Like, so it'd be a little bit different. I, I don't read productivity books. I don't want to say any more, but I am not currently reading productivity books. Because, like, I know, I know the answers. Yeah, and you, you know what? Like, a lot of the people listening to this, they know the answers, too. And at a certain point, it's like, well, I'm I'm reading this productivity book because what I really want is a drill instructor to kick my butt into gear. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sitting there and reading a 300-page book isn't necessarily going to do it for me. Uh, and what, what do I really want to do? I really want to become, like, a musician. Yeah, get better at that. So that's why I read how music works. And that's why I'm reading like this whole book on like the science of how the brain pieces music together when it hears it. And that's where my interests lie right now. So yeah, if we do a book podcast, I think it's going to be a very diverse range of books. We'll do biographies. And I think that would be more interesting 
than you and I just being like, well, this, this well, month every read, month would be like the same yet things, another... the same tips, you know, like there's, yeah, you read like five or six of those and you've got all of them. Yeah, Probably do. maybe fewer, but mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't think that there's no value in those. Cause again, like sometimes the way in which something is said has a huge impact on somebody and they go and make a big change Yeah, or it's the time in their life that it, it hits you. And there's also like recency bias and all these things, but um, I, I don't feel a drive to read every new productivity book that comes out and I don't really feel that I need to. Yeah. I think that I can, the time I can right gain now. a lot of insight from just going out and doing the things that, that was my big insight from reading how music works. I was like, damn, this dude is teaching me about productivity just by talking about his career in music and lessons that he learned from being a performing artist. Yeah. You know? So I want to go learn more lessons from people like that for a while. Yeah. Anyway, that's 2019 wrapped up. Uh, what is this? CIGpodcast.com slash 285, I want to say. Let me check. Yep, 285. Nice. So what does that make? 15 more episodes? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So yeah, CIGpodcast.com slash 285. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, sorry to anybody who is watching this podcast and has to watch me do it kind of sick, but hey, I'm almost done. Yeah. I'm just not quite done. (laughs) The show must go on. I have to, this is something I worry about. Like how do professional singers deal with that? I don't know. I know one trick. Oh, when, when the singer holds the mic out to the audience a lot during a contest or a concert, it's them taking a break because their voice is feeling hoarse. When a lot of rappers have like a hype man who will fill in like the blanks yeah. so that they can take a break for like three words. Yep. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I've never been to a, a rap show. Oh, I haven't either. I've just seen clips. I kind of want to go to one. I've never been to one. I did see Tosh in concert this year and it was amazing. It was the best concert that I've ever been to. Like, holy crap. Uh, and that it, it made me want to perform live as well. Anyway, uh, we might have show notes there. I don't know if we talked about anything that needs to be linked to. Maybe we did. We'll see. Uh, anyway, CIGpodcast.com slash 285 for those show notes or CIGpodcast.com with no trailing slashes, no trailing numbers. If you want to find out how to subscribe to this podcast or to see our top, what is it, top nine, I want to say, top nine episodes that we just have listed there. If you're like brand new to this podcast and you're like, why, why did I start with a 2019 year in review? That doesn't make sense. Well, we've got nine recommendations for great places to start if you're kind of new to the show. So check that out. Uh, otherwise, I think that's it. Have a great rest of the year. If it's still the old year while you're listening to this. And if it's the new year, have an awesome 2020. And we'll see you in the next episode. Stay cute.